0: Welcome to Real Native Roots, Untold Stories, a podcast by a Native woman with deep roots. a Hello, this is your host, Vicki Oldman. I am in a very good place today. It is Friday and I'm getting ready to go into the weekend and just in a good place with family, um, with work and my children. And so, I hope you all are in a good place as well, and giving yourself some spaciousness, some grace, um, and just whatever your your body and your heart and your soul needs. So, I just wanted to just say thank you for. Uh, also, I want to thank you all for sharing and uh, you know posting past podcasts and encouraging others to follow. Uh, thank you so much, and I. Uh, just say a hat from the bottom of my heart, which is thank you. A friend of mine who I'm working with sent me a lovely care package, and in that care package was this wonderful book. I've seen it, but I never um, purchased it, and it's called Amber's um, One's Ojibwe's Meditation. And I just started to kind of play and look through it, and two things really spoke to me, and I wanted to read that to you all, and. Um, And so this one says, nothing in the universe ever grew from the outside in. And it continues, I want to listen deeply enough that I hear everything and nothing at the same time and am made more by the enduring quality of my silence. I want to question deeply enough that I am made more not by the answers so much as my desire to continue asking questions. I want to speak deeply enough that I am made more by the articulation of my truth shifting into the day's shape. In this way, listening, pondering, and sharing become my connection to the oneness of life and there is no longer any part of me an exile. I love this. It is so beautiful. And, you know, as I have told you all about my love project, this podcast, I really feel like listening deeply is such a gift. It is, you know, we don't do it enough. I I, I really, truly believe we do not do enough heart listening. And that is also one of the reasons why I choose not to do sort of the videos, because I really want folks to close their eyes and just listen and, and hear and, and see what's moving and shifting in you as you're listening to guests and hearing their story, their experiences and their wisdom and just giving witness to that. So that is my gift to you all to just share that reading. I am so excited about our guests today. It has been literally 27 years since I saw this beautiful woman in person. And how I know her, we actually went to school together. We both got our um, social work degree at ASU uh, back in the day. So 27 years from now, you can do the math. <laughs> but she, I, I do remember her. She and other um, professors and colleagues, you know, uh, we were doing the work, doing the studying, trying to figure out, you know, what's next? What do we do after we graduate? Right. And so I actually saw Mona on Facebook and we friended each other and sort of following each other. And I was like, what is she doing now? And got intrigued. I was like, man, she is like busy. She's all over the world. (laughs) She is a grandmother, she's a connector, and she is amazing. I actually have been just completely impressed with um, what she's done and continues to do. Uh, besides having her degree, you know, as I when I'm, I'm not kidding when I say all over the world, she is um, doing international work. Clearly, doing work here in um, in our indigenous communities and really is a mover and shaker in the social justice movement. And has been, you know, she has shared that she has done this and been doing this since 14, and I'm sure beyond given the influences of her roots, uh, her people, her mentors, her parents. And so I want to introduce my guest. Her name is Mona Palaka. Hi, Mona. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited about our conversation. Please uh, welcome our listeners. Introduce yourself. I think I would say Gamio. Did I say that right? Gamio. 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 I wanted to say it right, but Gamio. Thank you.
1: Please. Yes. So just first of all, I want to say good day and greet each and every one of you. Gamio, which is... um, a greeting in the Havasupai language, the language of my mother. And, uh, I'm very grateful and thankful for, uh, this opportunity, this beautiful day, this beautiful time to, uh, to join you, uh, Vicki and, um, your, um, listeners and, and, uh, also some of my, my, um, listeners are people who, um, are joining from my side of um, uh, my world and uh, so I just I'm grateful to be here. I am uh, Havasupai as I mentioned on my mother's side. Uh, uh, we are the people of the Blue Green Water, guardians of Grand Canyon and so my mother is from the bottom of the Grand Canyon, the uh, Havasupai village of uh, called Supai, Arizona and um she was born and raised there and um we're also she tells told me that uh, we we are the water clan and so uh, on my father's side uh, my paternal grandmother uh is a hopi and my uh paternal grandfather um is uh tewa and uh these are pueblo. Pueblo uh, nations, and um, my paternal grandmother is uh, from the Sun Clan, and um, my paternal grandfather is uh, from Tobacco, and um, my last name Palaca means butterfly, and so um, that's um, you know that's my uh, family line, and I was born and raised in a place called Parker, Arizona, on the Colorado River Indian Tribe. And so I'm an enrolled member there. My parents, uh, when they were newlyweds, were uh, part of a group of uh, people of the Hopi and Navajo um, that were relocated from their traditional homelands to Parker, Arizona in the early 1940s when um, the... There was the decision made to establish this reservation called the Colorado River Indian Tribes, and so what they did was they relocated some of the tribes that lived along the tributaries of the Colorado River, and that were uh, that was the uh, some Hopi families and Navajo families, and then there was a small Paiute band called the Chimoevi. Uh, who also were relocated there. The original people there at at Parker are the Mojave people. And so what the government did was establish the Colorado River Indian tribes. There's a consolidation of the four tribes. And uh, so that's where I was born and raised, and that's where I'm an enrolled member. However, we've all... Uh, all the different, um, the tribes that were relocated there have always maintained ties with their um, origins, their tribal origins. And so um, we, I grew up knowing, you know, that I was Havasupai, knowing that I was Hopi and Tewa, and knowing where uh, our people actually came from. And so, um, so I'm also you know a mother i ha- i um I have uh, three children and uh, then I have um, seven grandchildren and um, and they're all boys except for uh two girls and uh, I'm um, currently speaking to you from the uh traditional homelands and territory of the Thunatham nation as well as the uh, Pascua here in Tucson, Arizona, which is uh, where I've been since 2015. And I work as a, um, I'm currently working as a senior fellow for the Center on Earth Ethics, which is a nonprofit organization that's based in New York City. But I um, thankfully can maintain my residence here in do most of my work virtually right now. So I think that, um, as you mentioned, Vicki, I'm also a founding member of the International Council of 13 Indigenous Grandmothers, which is a uh, organization of grandmothers, indigenous women from throughout the world who have a uh, come together and uh, begin to do some work in, uh, we first met to discuss what our concerns were about the state of the world today and the state of our own individual um, indigenous nations. And uh, when we came together and we talked about these things, we found so many similarities, not only regarding our uh, indigenous cultural practices and beliefs, our spirituality, uh, but also with many of the various kinds of um, social and health issues uh, that our people experience, uh, as well as our uh, historical and um, our use of um, earth-based medicine. And, uh, And we talked about how there's such rapid change today that it's important for us to address uh, the preservation of these things uh, for our uh, grandchildren and the future generations. And so that's been the mission of the grandmothers, and we've traveled around the world to vary. uh Each grandmother host has hosted the grandmothers to come and uh, present and be with our um, various uh, communities and share uh, teachings and, as well as also serve as uh, listeners about the concerns about uh, that people bring to us. So this is the work that I've been doing uh, since 2004 is when we originally gathered. So I think that's about it for now.
0: Wow, thank you so much for that lovely introduction. So there's one thing in common that besides both of us getting a master's degree, when you um, thank you for also uh, breaking down the your language and your name, uh, palaka, is butterfly. so i I come from the land of butterflies. Uh, actually, in St. Michael's, there's a um a, a butte they call a lugi which is butterfly. So I, I'm from Butterfly Butte. So somehow or another your, your butterflies like to fly over the buttes of where I'm originally from. <laughs> oh, how beautiful. Isn't that right? I was like, Oh yes. I love that. And wow. You're, um, and I love how you also shared, uh, about sort of the relocation, you know, it's so important. A lot of, a lot of folks don't understand and, and know why that happened. And um, I'm a product of relocation. I was actually born in Cleveland, Ohio. People like, they always, what hospital were you born? I'm like, actually, Cleveland General Hospital. <laughs> My parents <laughs> are both shipped out to Cleveland and they didn't know each other clearly. Um, and and then anyway, so I love that story. And to the richness of you being amongst these four different tribes yes. and what that offered you and um yeah, that's that's so interesting. And we definitely I definitely want to spend some time talking about the grandmothers at some point. And um, but I want to go back a little bit at, and just getting a sense of uh you know, I'm, I'm hoping in this conversation that we talk a little bit about mothers, grandmothers' role, and I know that ties into this organization that you're a part of, and so just going back a little bit about your mom, your grandmother, uh, your, maybe your aunties, and just honoring mother's role. And even, you know, we've been in Mother Earth. Uh, and just sort of the importance of that. What, what do you feel has been some really key lessons that you've learned from your elders uh, in terms of women and, and being a, a role model of what is a mother and our role and our responsibility?
1: Oh, yes, um, well, you know, um when I was growing up, um, there was a you know the time when i I um, became a woman. you know I had made my my change my my bodily change where I, I began to have my menstruation. and traditionally, you know there there were ceremonies. That have been done, rites of passage, um, puberty ceremonies that have been done, and um, and of course, you know, being away from my being away from my um, the Havasupai community village and teachers, wisdom keepers, and being away from Hopi village and the teachings and and the ceremony that they go through. Um my what my mother did with me was um she took me out in the morning um as just before the sunrise at dawn, took me out to the east and faced me towards the east, and she talked to me and she prayed for me. And um and she taught at that time she told me that um you know, I was given a, a beautiful blessing of life and that my life is um, is connected to all of the creations. Um, the water, the air, the fire, meaning the sun and the earth. And also, this, the, you know, the sky, the heavens and uh, the stars and all the way to the universe that I have there's this connection and that they're all connected to me, that they all recognize me, that I have a special place. And then she told me, I also have a special purpose in life and that my purpose in life, uh, whatever I do uh, has an impact and effect on all others. And, how I walk, how I talk, what I you know, how I behave, um, how I take care of things uh, has an impact on on all all life around me, and that um, I was a representative of my family, my home, um, her, of my mom, my dad, my siblings, my grandma, grandpas, all of my bloodlines, my family my community my tribe and um you know all people and um and including all the way around the world and that so i had that i have a special place and i must take care of it and um she told me this and when she told me this it was like um It was like a seed that was planted, I think, in my, you know, within me. And I held it very, very dear and have carried that with me all my life. And um, she told me that, you know, that there was a time when they had a ceremony that they did for the young girls and how they did it, but that her generation she and her sister were the last ones of her generation to have that ceremony done for them. Because that was the time when the young, um, the children were being removed and taken away to boarding schools. So when the girls became of age that they were not at home where, where the elders or their mothers and aunties and relatives could uh, take care of them and, and do the ceremony for them. And so that was, uh, that's what she told me. And that, you know, we, you know, we had to uh, do what we could just to make sure that, um, you know, she shared with me something about being a woman. And so uh, all of my, and she also told me that, you know, we do things in fours, you know, and like the four stages of life, being a child, being an adolescent, being an adult, and being an elder, that we, that's how we do things. And then the the cradle board has four, the Habitsupai cradle board that she makes, it has four loops on it and she and the loops represent those four stages or four hills of life and so she told me th- these are things she shared with me and told me in, in preparing me to um to become um step into my womanhood she also told me that when you cook you know when you cook you cook with love and that um the the love you put into your food the people who eat it you know your family who eat it they're going to feel it they're going it's going to nourish them and comfort them and you know help them to have energy and feel happy and feel you know rejuvenated and so those were some of the things she told me as I got when I came into my womanhood and um and I've carried them, you know, I carry those near and dear to me. Um, I had my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, my Hopi grandmother. Uh, we all lived um, very near to each other on the same road called Palaka Road. And on Palaka Road where was where all the Palakas lived. <laughs> uh, my grandma, my aunties, and uncles, they, we all lived on the road in, this is in in Parker, uh, where on our our um, farmland, and so uh, I would I was around all my my our whole family my cousin my aunties and my uncles my um, cousin brothers and sisters we all grew up together playing together you know exploring around in you know the the in the I guess we called it the bushes or the sand hills which were areas uh, that were you know um, kind of the wild wildlife so we grew up together always being close together and so we were taught about having relationships you know the relationship that you have with your family like you know that's your brother that's your sister you know be kind be nice you know That's your family. You you know, they're all you have, and um, teaching us things like that about how to get along with one another. And so that was how I was raised. uh, My auntie and that my aunties were my mothers, and my uncles were my fathers, and um, and that you know they could you know discipline us if we needed it. I know my dad was always being called on by his sisters to talk to their, you know, their, their sons or their daughters if they weren't listening or acting up. My dad would have to go talk with them, but I've never seen my dad, you know, really be me or scold or anything. Any anybody, he never did that to us, you know. A real kind, gentle man and so um it was it was these um you know these experiences that were my foundation, and of course, you know the spiritual part was you know a lot of prayer we were taught to pray from a very very young age um, before we left the house to go to school you know a prayer- was a prayer was made, and I observed that my mother would um she would, in the morning, she would get some water and she would sprinkle it, you know. She would sprinkle it on the floor or if we were, happened to be outside, she would take some out and she would sprinkle it out on the ground towards the sun, you know, the morning. I noticed that and I wondered about it. And then I noticed she would take a little little bit of food off of, you know, when we're going to have a meal. She would take a little pinch of the food off. <clears throat> And put it to the side before we ate, and I didn't know what you know. I was I just observed it, and I finally, uh, when I got um, about ten or eleven years old, I um, I was able. To, I asked her when she was doing that, and I asked her what what is this, and she said what she told me was that it was um, um, it was her offering like a prayer she said it's like a prayer it's our offering we what we do is we go ahead and give it do that so we can you know show our appreciation and thanks thankfulness for what we have and that we also have relatives and you know the ones that are gone we we um have them um we we acknowledge them by putting some food out for them so that was that was what um you know that was what i how I learned how to do that um, and then as far as our um food was concerned you know my we always had a garden we always had um a family garden where we grew um you know the the uh corn the squash um the beans, and um, sometimes we'd have tomatoes. We had watermelons, all kinds of melons, uh, and um, then she always made sure we had something like a, a fruit tree, like a pomegranate tree, um, and then also um, uh, in Supai they have peaches and and apricots, and so she always made sure we had those those kind of um, fruits to eat, whether they were fresh or whether they were, and then you know we had dry fruit, the dry fruit during the winter time. And so I learned uh, how we ate was sort of like we ate food through the season, by the season, how they were prepared based on the season. Uh, in the hunting season, when the when my uncle would go out and hunt the deer or get elk meat um they uh, uh he always made sure that we got some of it and then my my mom would dry some up and so we had dry um we would have the dry meat in the winter time where she would pound it up and make it like into a powder and she'd be able to make like gravy or she would put it in you know stews with the vegetables and so um and then besides that, in the wintertime, we also had the pinons that were, that we always, she always made sure we had, a, you know, plenty, plenty of those. So we had our nuts that way by eating the pinons, dry fruit, dry meat, those things during the winter time. So those are some of the, you know, some of the um, things that my, you know, in my upbringing uh, that I experienced. And at the same time, you know learning about how being um being a mother or being a woman, a caregiver um, of a family uh, was passed on to me. And there was a lot of sharing whenever there was uh, any you know like my grandmother and or some any one of the Navajo or Hopi families that lived, we all lived there in Parker whenever somebody butchered, they always made sure that they, you know, they took, they would share the meat with every, all the families. So there were times when, you know, we might get some mutton or, you know, different kinds of, if somebody had a, um, a cow or, you know, they would, um, butcher and they would share the meat among us. And, uh, sometimes we would have big, um, Meals together, all like a potluck, all the families would come together and eat together we We did those kind of things among the Navajo and Hopi families there in parker, and so we maintained um we we mean we maintained a really nice uh community relationship, and so that's the way I grew up
0: so beautiful, thank you. You know, what um, What struck me as I was listening to you, what I appreciated about what your mom did for you, you know, not having the ceremony the way it used to be, but she created a new sort of ceremony for just you and her. I could just, like, see, like, in my own mind what that would look like. And what came to me was thinking that, we may not have, you know, all the things that we need, you know, like, well, I can't have that ceremony done or I can't have that done. You can you can create something for yourself. It's as simple yes. as going out and praying and facing the direction, going out as simple as what your mom did is offering to the land some water, right? Like you don't have to go and have something very elaborate. You you can, like we're our, we are our own healer and that we can, your mom modeled that, you know, she, she talked about it. And so I'm just hearing how much um, she showed up and uh, listening to you and modeling, and, and, but also you as an observer and being curious. And it almost, what I also took away is you asked at a certain time, right? You didn't, you, you just watched for a while and then something then asked you to ask the question, Mm-hmm. Um, but that that really just struck me is how she did that and and also told a story about what happened and, and why she's doing it this way.
1: Yes. 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 Those are cherished memories. Mm.
0: I'm curious, and then as you were talking about, I, I love I could just see the palaca Land, the palaca lane. <laughs> <laughs> all <the> Palaka kids, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that brought me f- fond memories, especially when you're saying the wild, the the bushes, like it, yeah. that. Be back to a you know, where it was just all dirt. My brothers and I mm-hmm. would be in the back, you know, yeah. in the dirt, making our own little, you know, doing whatever in, in the sand. You know, that's, I think I like that's so beautiful. Back how we grew up is that we were outside a lot with Mother yeah. Nature, touching her. Mm-hmm getting dirty, like, we, you know, our feet in the sand, our hands in the sand, um, touching the shrubs and the bushes, and now it's so different, you know, the, it's the computers, right, it's technology oh, yeah. has disconnected us from being so, like, you know, rolling in Mother Earth, like her hugging us, we were constantly out there, and so that's what I was envisioning when you were talking okay. about.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. That's really very special to do. And I carried that into work I did. Mm -hmm. I uh, worked for the tribe in our behavioral health program as uh, a uh, mental health technician and uh, worked uh, with the youth and it was called adventure based recreation. And what we did then it was it was a great way to um share my childhood experience with these all these children and i worked with kids that were like 8 years old to 17 years old and uh by adventure based recreation it it was doing things like um like hiking like uh, river rafting um, like doing um you know going to some of the historical or um the sites the the sacred sites of of the land there of the tribe there and becoming familiar with that as well as um you know, being um, learning some things about making, uh, making like the girls learning how to make uh, the bands that you tie um, a cradle board with, and making moccasins, and the boys learning how to make bow and arrows, and and then having the elders teach the youth how to play some of the social games. Uh, so doing things like that, uh, taking them. By, uh, we have sand hills along the river, like beach sand, but they're big, big hills. And we would take them out there and ro- we would climb up to the top and roll down, or bury each other in the sand. I mean, just loving it. Where they're connecting with the, you know, they're re- they're connecting with the earth and then taking them to the river where you know of course they get, they're swimming and having that connection with the water mm. and so those are some of the you know it it was it was um the way I, the intention or you know the yeah the intention of doing it with these kids which was with the behavioral health program was to um you know to help them to develop healthy uh self identity and so that was how um that was how you know I did that work with the adventure based recreation
0: so much of what we learn as young people from our parents mothering uh, it's so interesting. As you were talking, it made me think about your role there, and in, in, even in this program, you were doing mothering, <laughs> <laughs> and and it made me curious to know when you first became a mom. The first time that you became a mom, I, what was that like, and what what do you feel that you continue to offer, like to pass down or new learnings to
1: your daughters? Oh. Becoming a mother was, um, it was, so it was like, um, I guess when people talk about an event in your life that is almost, um, like you can't believe it's real or you can't believe this is it, you know, <laughs> I had a son, my firstborn was my son. mm and um it was um i i ended up having to have a c-section and i was one of these i was one of these um young women who said i'm having it all natural i don't even want to <laughs> have a epidural i you know i'm gonna have a, you know have this baby natural as possible and lo and behold it didn't work out that way but and um He was the most beautiful thing I ever saw. It's just, what can you do? But uh, it's awesome. I mean, if you use that word awesome, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, to, to see this life, this little one who is completely dependent on you and, and the responsibilities of, um, you know, loving and providing, caring for, you know, this little life. And um, all of the different, um, you know, first times, everything was a first, everything was a first time being a mother. The first time having labor, the first time giving birth, the first time, you know, seeing this baby, you know, on my chest and seeing him nurse and uh, all the first times, you know. And, um, you know, of course my, my parent, my parents and my older sister were there to, um, you know, support me, Mm -hmm. support me and, you know, help. Um, they were very, um, you know, loving to, you know, to us and my, and, my son although he wasn't the firstborn uh, nephew or firstborn uh, grandchild in the family um he became the child of I mean he was like the, every everyone in my family you know adored him mm-hmm. he had the closest relationship with all of my family um I think <laughs> maybe, maybe I just from my own view anyway. Uh, I thought he he had you know he had the closest relationship with my entire family, and um, so you know and my he spent a lot of time with my dad his grandpa, and um, so he my my dad you know talked to him a lot as he grew grew up, and um, you know has. I believe, had a lot of influence on the kind of person he be- he'd become. So, um, yeah, um, that was quite an experience to be a first-time mom. And before I had him, I, you know, kind of would look around at some of my peers and their parents, and I would look at them, and I think, I you know, it, it um, you know, it, taking care of a baby by yourself or taking care of a baby when you're young. Um, You know, how do they do it? I would look at them and I'd say that. How do they do it? And then I had my baby and, you know, there was no question about it. I'm doing it, you know. And then um, after that, uh, let's see, I think my son must have been about, six years old by the time I had my second child, my daughter. And before I had her, I'm looking at my friends who now have maybe two children and I'm looking at them and I say, wow, they have two little babies, little ones. Mm-hmm. How do they do it? <laughs> <laughs> and then I had my, <laughs> so those, you know, I, it, it was, it was really, um, it was really, um, you know, A great learning, great teaching to become a parent, to know all the responsibilities and um, talking about, you know, development and seeing the development first times, you know, first time, you know, first time. Like, to me, I value that those I, I value the first time for anybody's life. The first time they took their breath in this world, you know, the first time they cried in this world, the first time that you know, that they um, that the sun saw them, you know, when the first time that they were, you know, they lay on Mother Earth, the first time they rolled over on their stomach and lay there on Mother Earth, the first time they sat, you know, on Mother Earth, and the first time that. Um, you know, they got up on their hands and knees and started crawling on Mother Earth, and and then the first time their you know the soles of their feet touched Mother Earth, and and to see that and the joy they you, that they experience when you see a child for the first time they touch their feet to the earth and they start dancing and the joy they have and everybody else gets you know filled with joy. And then the first time they stand on Mother Earth and that joy of seeing them and what they feel and the, um, that look of wonder that you see in their faces when they stand for the first time and balance. And then, you know, and then taking their first step for the first time, it's, you know, it's it's the most wondrous thing to see. So I cherish and value, you know, those firsts, the first times and how special those moments are, Mm. how special they are for all of us, Mm. because we all did it Mm -hmm. and we continue to do it as we walk through our path of life like we are here today. Yeah. First word, you know first laugh, all those, you know, and you know, as we celebrate those things, we celebrate those things as life. I love it. You could, um, that's a poem right
0: there. (laughs) (laughs) We just made a poem right there. You know, um, I, I was telling my oldest son, Hey, I'm going to be interviewing, uh, Mona is telling him about how I knew you and, you know, like most of my guests, I try to do as much research as I can. And I saw this little clip video. It's like 45 seconds. It's funny, anytime I show my guys anything, it has to be brief.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm like, son, 45 seconds, not even a minute. Just listen to what she says here. He listened to it and he's like, wow. That she said so much in so little time. And he says, and it's so powerful. And what it was was you had you were talking about our first breath, mm-hmm. and you know um when we come into this world as as a baby and talking about how when we cry, like that voice the the the, the sound that's coming out of us is a vibration. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Do you want to tell folks a little bit of just what you said? I mean, you said it in 45 seconds. Like, oh my. But he was, he was so impressed by that.
1: He, he, was,
0: he was sitting with that. He goes, that is, she said a lot in that moment. I'm like, yeah,
1: she's deep. She's really deep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I love talking to the, you know, especially the, I, I have my grandsons close to me. So I talk with them a lot about life. And so I love I love talking to them and hearing seeing or hearing their responses. That's sweet. Um, yeah, I talk about, you know, when we when we came into this world, you know, we live in water. We live in water in our mother's womb. And so when it's time for us to be born. The water comes out. And, um, you know, that's often referred to as um, the breaking of the water. And so, uh, the water comes out, and we follow it into this world and The first thing we do when we come into this world is we open our mouth and we take a breath of air and fill our lungs and when we let the air out, we let out our cry, our voice, our sound our first sound in this world, and it's a vibration sound is a vibration, and it sends your your voice through this vibration out all the way in the world and then into the universe so that when that sound just like just like in in our life when we were a baby if or even now if a baby cries people look right people will look to see where's that baby and what's wrong you know does the baby need something it calls attention It calls, you know, it's like, here I am. And so you cry, that cry is is that announcement to all of creation, all the way to the universe, that I'm here. And they, you know, the way we believe as Indigenous people, we believe that those powers are going to look Mm -hmm. and see you and recognize recognize you that you're here and so that's you know that's what i that's what i mean when i talk about that first breath and that sound you know sending your voice and how sometimes in our prayers we say that we i'm sending my voice and so um i believe you know that's just you know like i said my mother told me about these things the foundations the the relationship that we have with um, you know the elements, and so um, and you know the thing is, is in all my world travels and all the indigenous people that I have come in contact with, they are saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. They 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 recognize, they recognize, it. they know they are. Uh, that's part of their uh, foundation of teachings about life.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And you definitely impressed him. So in 45 seconds, Mona. (laughs) And I love how you talked about just even like your role as a grandmother for the first time as a grandmother, and you are a grandmother and you're sharing, you're sharing your wisdom and knowledge to your, your grandchildren. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that, but transition to also like you know, all of your life experience in these roles as a woman, as a mother for the first time, as a grandmother for the first time, and now, you know, working with a band of grandmothers. Um, Talk a little bit about that in in terms of uh, what moves you all, what moves you continuously now as a grandmother and, you know, sort of weaving in those pieces of you know this. I think you had said earlier the the fourth sort of um, season of your life. You know, your um, the elder
1: chapter of your life. Oh, you know, um, to meet these grandmothers from different parts of the world and hear them talk about their childhood experience, all the teachings that they were given that brought them. You know, up to this place, and how um, we saw this uh, coming together as uh, a divine intervention. it It wasn't it wasn't something that uh, we put ourselves in. Um, we were invited to attend this um, gathering or gathering of um, in of women indigenous me- women meeting with Western women to talk about the state of the world and our concerns and, uh, invitations were sent out, um, out of around over 20 invitations that went out to indigenous women, 13 of us responded and came. <clears throat> and, um, and we found that um we had the similarities about our concerns and, and our um in our among our people. And um, we all brought a bundle, our medicine, a little bit of earth, a little bit of water, a little bit of, you know, ash from a sacred fire or uh, or um also maybe our feathers or some sort of um sacred um uh, instruments that we might use and um, and when we were sitting around and we were um uh, talking about where do we go from here we can't come together and talk about these things and then not do anything about it and so then the question came that well you know are we are we going to formalize this group is that what we're talking about now we're going to meet they're saying we're going to meet again we, we you know next time we meet we'll do this so um that was a surprise to me because i had i had thought i was just going to this you know this conference to have dialogue and and then you know i'd meet these women and then go on well it's so we're talking about some pretty serious things here and um, they started talking about meeting again. And so that was when uh, the group decided that we would form a council. We had a, a Inuit grandmother um, from Alaska, Grandmother Rita Pitka Blumenstein, and she had a bun- her bundle. And she opened her bundle and she looked at us and she said, my grandmother gave these to me when I was about nine years old and she told me they were for the grandmothers. She told me to take care of them. And I have. I didn't know what they were for and who the grandmothers she was talking about were. But I think we're the 13 grandmothers that she told me these were for. And in her bundle, she had 13 stones. And she went around and she gave each one of us one of those stones. And then she had a um, bundle of eagle feathers was an eagle tail. There were 13 feathers in there. And she said, these feathers cannot be separated. They must be held together. And so these are the grandmother's feathers. And so... um, when that when she did that, it was like we all got chill bumps. You know, we all felt it that there was a very sacred and special. Um, that was a sacred, special moment, and uh, in acknowledging uh, that we were sanctioned by, you know, a grandmother who saw this many, many years before. And so, uh, so we said, you know, this was divine intervention and that we're going to go ahead and, um, you know, accept it and carry it. And so that's how we came together and began this work. Um, we've done many things um, in Nepal, uh, way up in the mount, uh, mountain village where one of our grandmothers came from. Um, her name is Grandmother Amma. Uh, she came from a mountain village, and um they had a little school there, but they didn't have um they didn't have running water and they didn't have um toilet facilities and so what we did was we were able to uh raise some funds got a grant and we were able to um, give her five thousand dollars and she was able to uh, they were able to uh, put in um, a water pump to bring water into the school. They were able to build um, some toilet facilities, and then on top of that, they were also able to build a um, a temple for their. Um, it's like a Buddhist temple, and uh, they were able to build all that with that five thousand dollars we gave. And so, um, and so we also did a, um, we also helped our eldest grandmother who has, is gone now, uh, repair and, um, refurbish their traditional roundhouse, uh, at the Solets Confederated Tribes in Solets, Oregon, and, um, also using that fund to, um, you know, make um, some new regalia that goes with some of the ceremonial dances that they do in their um, in their salmon ceremony, which was a ceremony that was revived by the grand our grandmother's sister, who was from there. Her name was um, the late Agnes uh, Baker Pilgrim, and um, so she revived revived that and also was responsible for a movement to remove dams from the rivers. And uh, before she passed on, um, I believe she, re- they, she successfully was able to remove all the dams on the rivers except for one. And so, um, so the work that many of the grandmothers did, our Tibetan grandmother, our late Tibetan grandmother, Serene, she was the first president of the Tibetan, uh, Tibetan Women's Association, who were the women who led a revolution against the Chinese government when they were invaded. Wow! And um, they were also the women who helped His Holiness escape from Tibet. And um, she escaped from Tibet with i believe it was three of her children one was a baby that she carried on her back and and um and escaped from tibet to um and walked from there to um darmsala in um india which is a place was a play uh or is still a place of refuge for the tibetan uh refugees and so um She also was, um, able to go to the women's, um, I think it was called the women's conference that was held in China, Beijing. And, um, she went incognito and, uh, she was able to go in and attend that, that, that conference. Um, and so, um, a number of the grandmothers um before becoming grandmothers were actively engaged in um doing work for their people among their people uh several of the other grandmothers are um medicine people they carry medicine and um work in um in healing practices using their earth-based medicine or other uh, rituals and ceremonies that are used among their people for healing. So those are some of the the work that the grandmothers have been doing. And uh, we continue to do the work, although we are now limited in number, there are no longer 13 grandmothers. And many people ask the question of you know, when are you going to replace those grandmothers that are no longer there? Well, we don't plan on replacing them. We don't have a succession for grandma- the grandmothers that have gone on. Uh, it was uh, a, a consensus of all the grandmothers that we wouldn't have a uh, succession um, that as that and what we do is we do what we call holding space for them when we have a gathering. We always have the chair there and a picture of those grandmothers, so they're still present in our circle. And uh, we do have an another circle called um, our ambassadors, and these are all these are grandmothers who also do the kind of work we do. Uh, and their ambassadors, and we embrace them and uh, welcome them, you know, to join us in our gatherings, and and uh, also to continue their work. But we also encourage, we encourage all grandmothers to take action, to be proactive, to um, pick up, and uh, you know do the work um, and carry on the sacred responsibilities of grandmotherhood and form their own councils locally. Uh, there are a number of grandmother councils that are all around the world that ha- are, that have formed um, as a result of uh, women that have joined the, our gatherings and, and felt moved to start a council. And um we say, please do it. Go ahead. You know, there's plenty of work to go around. You know, the grandmothers have been doing this, but everyone, you know, we all have that sacred responsibility.
0: Mm, absolutely. Beautiful. I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm on the website looking at, um, who the grandmothers are. So as you were making reference to some of the mothers, grandmothers, I could see them and, I. Uh, just thought, wow! Thir- th- here's thirteen powerful stories, <laughs> you know. Individually, uh, you know, I would just, yeah, it's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing about them and um, what you all are doing. And I would just offer to folks listening to visit their website, GrandmothersCouncil.org. It's the International Council of Thirteen Indigenous Grandmothers. And I, I've be- I read that you're the youngest of the grandmothers. That's yes, nice. so, yeah. <laughs> um you have offered so much you know in your story and you know talking about you know influences of mother being a mother for the first time and uh your you being a grandmother and the work that you're doing as an actual grandmother with this organization um would love for you to just uh, wrap us up with some final words, uh, recommendations, tips, anything that you want to offer to our listeners and, and um, what we should be thinking about, what we should be doing. Um, anything
1: that you want to say just to wrap up? You know, we should always be um, conscious and attentive to the value of our Mother Earth. The value that she is and, and the way that um, she gives us life, uh, the way that we are um, provided for, with no demands, um, she has so much compassion for us. And she she gives us everything, everything we have. And um, our ancestors, they existed They existed in this world in what some people call a primitive life. It was a life that was self-sustaining. They lived sustainability. And here today, we look around and... um, when we talk about um you know all of the these major changes that are occurring in our world here today climate change and, um, droughts and all you know flooding all of these natural actually uh, acts natural acts of nature um, it it's um it's really important for us to really take a moment to reflect on um, what do we know, what do we know about what real sustainability is sustain, to sustain life? And how are we caring for what's immediately around us for that purpose? If my electricity goes out right now, I won't be able to cook with an electric stove. My food in my refrigerator might will go bad. I mean, there is so much um, things to reflect on. And so I think about, you know, I, I make sure I have, I, I, Thought about my life. I thought about this morning. Okay, so uh, thinking about things, and okay, so um, I decided to have some um, cream of wheat. I love cream of wheat, and so I fixed my cream of wheat, and I made it with some uh, ground up nuts. And I uh, and then I had. um, I thought about well, what am I going to use for sweetener? Well, I have a jug of syrup that I I got from. In Wisconsin, from the Ho Chunk's, so I I use that. I know where it came from. It came from the Ho Chunk. It came from a sacred one of their sacred trees, you know, and the maple tree, you know, and and so I know where it came from. And the tree has roots into the earth, and and then I made. I had a piece of cornbread, you know, the corn that we use and cherish in our in our you know, in our way of life as indigenous people. And then, and then I had some coffee and my coffee comes from Chiapas. Uh, uh, It's a coffee called Indigena and uh, it comes from Chiapas and it came down from the mountain on the back of a dear friend of mine. And, um, and so I know where my coffee comes from and it's, it's, it's by buying the coffee, it's helping a coffee, Chiapas coffee farmer, uh, provide for his family, make a living, and so, you know, thinking about those kind, those kind of things as far as um, our connections with the earth, with our mother earth, and so um, I'd just like to leave that with you all to think about those things, you know, and and you know when we talk about um, the economy. What about our sacred economy? What about ethical, an ethical economy that is oriented to the true value of what sustains us from our mother, the earth? And so I'd just like to leave you with those thoughts right now. And I wish you all the best and good blessings to you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. And I just am so truly um, blessed and just grateful that we reconnected. And I had the gift to hear you and um, capture your wisdom. Definitely some things that I'm going to be sitting with as a mother. And one day, maybe a grandmother. (laughs) So thank you so much, Mona. And I just ask that you also have a blessed day.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I love, I love every minute of our chat. Thank you. <laughs>